Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Sarah. Today we are joined by Andy Peters, owner of True North Cafe, an independent, healthy cafe that serves top-notch coffee and tea, proper eats and blended drinks in a serene community space where everyone is welcome at 5507 North Clark. Welcome, Andy. Thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Well, we'd love to start out by hearing a little bit about yourself and your background. Can you tell us a bit about your background and had you always thought about being a small business owner? Uh, Yeah. Um, So I think I've always been entrepreneurial. Even as a kid, I used to go to all the neighbors and try to get them to pay me to shove their lawn and their um, lawn in the summer and all those things. And um, so in college, I studied economics, and then after that, I worked in an office and hated it. So um, just looked for opportunities to not have to be in an office every day, and was living up in Andersonville and saw an opportunity to um, start a business and uh, not have to work in an office every day, and so I grabbed it. That was like uh, in 20, well, we opened 2016, but uh, I think I've lived in Andersonville since 2013. And are you from Chicago? I'm from Berwyn, southwest suburb. Chicago land. <laughs> Chicago land. <laughs> so as you said, you opened in Andersonville in 2016. Can you tell us a little bit more about what those first few weeks were like? Um, well, it's actually shocking how little you know when you start. Um, I think before I opened, I heard you know the phrase or the quote, start before you're ready. And... You have to do that. And then looking back at it, though, it's shocking how unready you are um, when you start. The first day we were open, I was actually violently ill and didn't even make it out of bed. Um, but luckily, um, my team was good enough even from the very beginning to <laughs> handle it. Um, and honestly, it's crazy. You know, we've been open out for over three years and it's hard to remember what things were like at the beginning because so much changed and it doesn't feel like that much time has passed but um you know just getting to know the community for the first time and people coming in and discovering it although people still come into the state and like oh when did you guys open you know so and how has the concept you know or how did the concept for the the store you know come to be and i know it's it's taken on a couple of different iterations since you first came up with you know, the idea to open the shop and the name and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, well, it was very focused at the beginning. We did salads and wraps, uh, the coffee and the smoothies. And, um, you know, as time went on, we added, um, you know, a much bigger menu. We started doing bagels and I think the smoothie component took on a much bigger role. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, to this day, we're in some ways a smoothie shop disguised as a coffee shop. Just in terms, you know, if you looked at our numbers, that's what. Uh, if you looked at if you looked at our numbers without looking at our business, you might think, "Wow, this is a smoothie shop that sells a lot of coffee." Um, and I don't know if that was necessarily the goal at the beginning, um, but um, it's worked out. <laughs> How did you come up with the name True North? I've always been so curious about that because it's a, such a perfect name and. Like has a great ring to it, or where did you draw that inspiration from? So Larry Vodak helped me build the place from Scout, and he is the he needs a reality TV show. 
Uh, and so the original name was because it started as an idea when I was in college in Hyde Park as like an Italian version of Chipotle because Hyde Park like didn't have anything that was easy to get really quick. So, you know, it originally had like a Italian type name or like because we did the protein shakes so like Progo, which would be protein Chicago. That was somebody's idea. And anytime you tell people that, and this was like for years, it almost was called Progo. In fact, I think we're tech, Progo is actually the business name. I think about it like the bank and that's what our that's like what you in. incorporated as yes that's great well i mean when it was when we first heard about the shop opening up i think that's what we all read the name yeah. to be and then we were like yeah yeah we had the dba now so it's Progo dba true north um and everybody when you tell them would be like oh cool and some people who I was close to would even be like, maybe you should change the name. And then, <laughs> but, and, but it's like, it's hard to figure out what you're going to name it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so anytime I'd have an idea and run different ideas past people, they'd all, I think, try to be polite and be like, oh no, pro, no, Progo is good. Progo is great. Like, I like Progo. I have no problem with it. It's almost like everybody wanted to tell me to change it, but nobody wanted to be responsible <laughs> for me changing it. Um, except for Larry, who, just start screaming at me one day that I needed to change the name. It was horrible, like demanding I change the name. Like he was offended that I could even think that that could be the name of the place. And um, by that point, we had all the globes up and I was walking. I can even tell you where I was walking. I was walking down uh, Gregory um, one night and I started thinking about like map names, geography names, like Mercator and... uh, uh you know Magellan I don't know just like explorer names due west and all that stuff and I remember that I have true north and it actually felt just amazing because you know we're we're in the north side of the city the north end of Andersonville true north is like real north it doesn't like change depending on where you are it's just north um and our food especially at that point was very organic very no you know added syrups and sugars and all that so um True North just felt right and it feels right now. So that worked out. That's such a great story. And I think on Hallie Borden from Milk Handmaid's episode, she talks about how Larry mm -hmm. Vodak came to her store while she was opening and just, you know, screamed at her like, just open already. So I yeah. feel like we need to compile all of the Larry Vodak moments. Oh, I have so many. Because he helped design the place. Yeah. So we have a question about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we get to the design, can you tell us more about your food and drink menu? Will we see any new items on the menu as we enter into the spring and summer months? And do you have any recommendations for the first-time customer? Um, yeah, there's always changes when spring comes around. I mean, we move to ice drinks, and I'm always – and to, to the extent that um, Trinor changes a lot, it's really because so much of it is just what I feel like doing. So, um, so a lot of times there's no reasons for menu changes, just I feel like changing things um i think this summer we might go with a lot more like iced teas like that you'd almost call like iced tea cocktails but not there's no alcohol in them but using like pomegranate and matcha and all that stuff which we always do but making them more prominent um so that's a big one using cold brew and more of the smoothies mm -hmm. a lot of places are doing really interesting things with um you know smoothies and press juices and stuff now i was just in uh miami and i went to joe and the juice which i think there's one here in chicago 
And um, I mean, I don't actually think what they do is so interesting, but the way they do it is interesting. Um, they put their food processor and then put in a blender and there's no ice involved, um, which I assume means they get more nutrition per ounce. Um, so I want to start making those sorts of changes, just, you know, evolve. As an entrepreneur and a small business owner and a cafe owner and somebody who just opened your second location in Hyde Park, what is a typical day like for you? Um, well, especially when you're their coffee shops, I wake up in a state of horror because usually I already have texts or calls, you know, things are going wrong um, or not wrong, but, you know, I don't have a manager Not like there's no general manager just me and then my and then like the store managers and um so like just today for example we had a catering order in Hyde Park that uh was to be delivered at 8 a.m and there's a decaf coffee you know jug with it and we didn't have decaf coffee you know like every day just feels like something like that so usually wake up read these texts freak out try to solve it and then um, you know, you just go on with the tasks for the day. Um, it's actually amazing how much gets done in a day, you know, um, especially I don't like to delegate, which is something I need to do. And I try to do, but, um, you know, just running back and forth between the cafes and when there is time to relax, it's a pretty fun job. I mean, you're just chilling in a cafe, you know, who doesn't want to do that? <laughs> Andy, as you mentioned, you collaborated on the design of the space with Larry Vodak, the owner of Scout. Can you share with us more about the interior design itself and the process? So Andersonville is a hard audience to please when it comes to your interior design. You have a lot of creative people here who judge a place based upon how it looks. It, I mean, which I do. Like That's why I live in Andersonville. So... The standard, if you go to Merchandise Mart and you get all your stuff, you know, from there, it can look beautiful, but it's going to look corporate and things like that. And if, even if you notice, the corporate coffee shops have opened up in Andersonville, like La Colombe and uh, Collectivo have the faux independent vibe to them, even though it's not like that's expensive stuff, but they make it look reused and all that. So um, I was kind of doing it myself which was not only hard because I don't exactly know what I'm doing, but it was hard because I can't source things, you know? Uh, although my mom, you know, sells, sold antiques when I was growing up and did fairs. So I was able to get my hands on a lot of cool stuff, but um, I was always going into scout even before I was in the cafe, I'd just go in there and see what he had. Cause I think he's got the best um, style of anybody uh, that I know. And I was always asking him questions about design and um, now I'm remembering exactly how we got started together. He had a, uh, I can't think what you call this, uh, Remington table, but it was like big, like a harvest type table, big, it was actually from Crate and Barrel. Um, it was like new, you know? Um, and so I went in there to buy it and I, well, I signed to him first and I was going to buy it. And he says, how big is your space? Like he rapid fire questions at me and <laughs> By the way, it was like $650, this table. I was about to buy it right then. And he goes, you you are doing this all wrong. Let me see the space. Let me see the space. 
So he walked up with me and like looked at the space and, um, you know, he had his ideas and all that. Um, and so, I mean, it worked out from the long-term terms of the total spend ended up being way higher, but you know, there's a chance there he was just going to like not take my money and I was never going to buy anything else from him, but it also builds that trust at first. Like he had an eye. And so that's, um, then he found that harvest table, the wood table that's in the back of the cafe and it was, um, completely messed up, but, uh, he showed me pictures of it and said, do you want to get this and we can restore it? And I was like, yes. And so that was like the first big table or piece or anything like that that was bought for the cafe. Um, and I mean, just everything else was, I was on Craigslist all the time. And, um, there was a, de there's a demo up in Evanston, right? For these apartment buildings, right on Sheridan road. Me and Larry went up there with the contract, we went up like on the fourth floor and the floors were missing from most of this apartment building. It was actually a terrifying experience. It felt like you could fall to your death anytime, but we ended up getting some big shelves from that place and all that. So, um, are those the shelves that the Globes sit on? <laughs> so those actually came from a hardware store. Um, the the shelves that we actually bought uh, ended up giving back to Larry for, and I don't know where they are now, but they were, I mean, they were beautiful shelving unit, but then they ended up fitting. That's what the Globes are supposed to be on, but the shelves weren't wide enough, so the Globes kind of tipped over them, you know? So we ended up going to steel ones instead. Well, it is such a warm and inviting and modern space um like people spend all day there working and you've hosted events there i know for the gubernatorial campaign you hosted every candidate mm -hmm. right yeah um in the space which was such a great setting for those events yeah we host a lot of events i mean uh baby showers wedding showers in the back um it's not like it's a it's a semi-private space but you can run out the back and um so we've had a lot of community events there yeah daniel biss jb pritzker and uh uh, Chris Kenny all did things then for the mayoral one. I invited all of them, uh, but only Amara took us up on the offer. And so she had a good um, town hall meeting in the space. Um, and, you know, we're always, you know, willing to let people use the space if they're looking for a poetry reading or, a, you know, anything like that. So in addition to being able to rent the space, True North offers catering services. What are some items on your catering menu and how can one go about reserving catering? Well, the most obvious one's the coffee. Um, you can get a box of Joe for 20 bucks or something like that. Um, that's like serves 10 to 12 cups of coffee. Um, and then up here, bagels. Breakfast is the biggest thing, our bagels and uh, fruit platters and things like that. And then if... There's a bigger order that requires sandwiches and salads and things like that. We often make that in Hyde Park just because the kitchen's way bigger. But if it's a big enough order, we'll deliver it from Hyde Park up to Andersonville. And um, you just order that by sending us an email or on the website. You can get all that information. And was opening the Hyde Park space easier given that the Anderson location had been open for a couple of years? Or did you still kind of run into the same issues? Well, there's different issues, but it's, I mean, it's way easier. You actually know what you're doing for one thing. Um, you know how to order food, you know how to put together a menu. Plus it was not, it was an operating restaurant. It used to be ZNH, Zalewski and Horvath Deli, which was, um, a very popular community space that, um, just kind of had a couple bad years. So, um, we, you know, took it over and, um, 
or we didn't buy ZNH. We bought the assets. I want to make that clear. But we kept like their menu and stuff like that, um, the staff and things. So, I mean, we never stopped operating. We stopped for a couple of days because we had to do a deep clean of the place and painting and all that stuff. But um, the place never stopped operating from the day we bought it. So just that alone makes it easier. Plus, you already have like the things you don't think about, like your HR, like your payroll systems are going, your sales systems are going, your tax systems are going. So, you know, expanding it to another place makes all that stuff that people don't think about, the hard, the not fun, the not glamorous part of owning a cafe. That stuff is just way easier because you're just adding to it, but not doing something different, you know. True North also sells a variety of vitamins and protein powder. How do you go about selecting which merchandise to have and, and how has that kind of evolved since you first opened? Because I know when you first opened, you know, the selection of vitamins, I think, was mm. a lot bigger before. Yeah, it was a lot bigger. It was because um, the food was a lot healthier, right? So it's still very healthy. It's still nutritious, we talked about. But the vitamins, I think, played more into it. Um, and then... um you know, that the retail element just kind of followed where the menu is going. So now the things we sell tend to be, um, you know, green foods, uh, supplements, things like that, spirulina, wheatgrass, protein, you know, a lot of protein powders and stuff like that. And we beat Amazon prices, by the way. So like if we, that's the, we price them to beat Amazon. And then if something isn't beating Amazon, you see on your phone, we'll match it. Um, but, uh, so that's a lot of stuff that gets used in food because, I mean, that way we can always throw it into the smoothies if we need to, you know, if we're selling wheatgrass, it doesn't hurt us to have wheatgrass on the shelf when we'll be going through it anyway through the smoothies. There's no risk of it like going bad or something like that. Um, and then, you know, just what people are buying, actually, we just got CBD oil um, and uh I forgot about that. It's probably the most exciting thing I could have said. But um, so we're going to start putting that into our smoothies and uh, coffee. Um, I'm not sure if we're just, I think we're going to have some dedicated drinks for them, like a turmeric latte and things like that, because it goes really well. It goes better in hot stuff than smoothies, but um, you just need to put more of it into a smoothie. Um, and uh, that, you know, people are just all into that right now. And, um, especially up here. I think all my baristas have been begging me to get it for months because they all like it with their anxiety and all that. So, um, you know, that's the sort of thing that we're adding that to the menu and also selling it, you know, we can just buy a bottle of it from us. And so I, everybody, we have it already. Everybody just needs to be trained, you know, so for the next week or two, I don't want to start using it before my baristas know exactly how much to put <laughs> it in there. Like, not knocking people out like before they yeah, leave the shop. Yeah, people like all asleep in the back. <laughs> that's, the, that's a problem. That's that's rouse them at closing time. That's what I was scared of. That like you don't want to overdose anybody. But according, to, you know, from everything I've read in the company, there's no overdose. Like if you take the entire bottle, you just like pass out. So not that we're gonna do that to anybody. But <laughs> just, for insurance purposes, I just want to be safe. Full disclosure here. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, today is election day in the city of Chicago, but by the time this airs, we will have a new mayor. Um, but you served on Mayor Emanuel's Chicago Mayoral Business Council, mm -hmm. which is an ongoing collaborative working group that provides the city with feedback and suggestions to improve services for businesses in Chicago. Yeah. Can you speak to what that experience was like and 
Are there any particular results from that experience that you're proud of? Um, well, the experience was funny in a lot of ways just because I was like, it was like Bob Mariano, Alpina Singh, like real business people and then like Andy Peters. Um, but I used to work for the city and I worked for the Illinois Restaurant Association and government relations before opening the cafe. So um, I, you know, know how that stuff works. And uh, I know those people. What I'll say is that in terms of results, well, the election kind of got in the way of some things, but I've seen the city get a lot better in their licensing issues. Um, the problem is that people who have never worked in government don't understand the bureaucracy of it. Um, an example would be um, uh, the rent control thing okay. where people, they want, so if you want rent control, the problem is you're putting pressure on the wrong points because you need to pass something in Springfield. So lobbying your alderman for it is not going to help. You can get every alderman to vote for it. It doesn't mean anything if the if Springfield doesn't pass or doesn't um, amend the law to allow rent control in municipalities. So much of that stuff happens, especially with zoning, where um, and sign would be another thing, sign permitting, where if you're trying to affect a change that affects multiple departments, you're going to fail. So you need to keep your goals very limited um which from working in the state and working at the Illinois restaurant association i knew what was actually possible and what wasn't you want you want your changes to be something that could just be passed in ordinance and just works you know you don't want to and it's easier to um do something if there's not opponents to it so that's uh the mayor's um mayor manual did a lot of things like just make licensing easier and Sidewalk cafes, you know, that's another thing where the permit is still an issue, but at least now if you had your sidewalk permit last year, you essentially just apply with the same application this year because if you're not making any changes and those sorts of things where, you know, um, saves time and things are going online now. So um, those are some positive developments that happened from the council and, you know, I hope the new mayor continues whatever changes were being made in business affairs in the last term. And I guess now I'm just curious about your own coffee drinking habits. Mm -hmm. um, you know, are you a coffee drinker? Are you a tea drinker? <laughs> Do you have a lot of caffeine during the day? I'm not a tea drinker. I, I like it, but I'm not a drinker of it. I drink just black coffee and I very rarely drink espresso. If I do just regular espresso or cortado, not much milk. Um, and uh, in terms of my own drinking habits, it's funny. I'm always carrying around a cup of coffee, so people always think I'm have a ton of caffeine in me and that I'm drinking coffee all day. But I'm actually an extremely slow drinker. So, like, I mean, <laughs> I have a 16 ounce cup of coffee here, and there's probably 12 ounces of coffee, and I've been holding this for like three hours. I like to, you know, just slowly sip my coffee throughout the day, so I never drink that much or anything like that, um, despite how it looks. <laughs> And True North sells Metropolis Coffee, mm. which used to be headquartered here in Andersonville, but their yeah. cafe isn't far on Granville, and they moved to near the river. So um, how did you choose Metropolis and selling that So coffee? right, out, Yeah, right out of college, I lived in Lincoln Park, and there was a diner at the end of the block, Jam and Honey, and my roommate who worked from home told me, oh, you got to try out this Jam and Honey place. 
like he was doing work there um all day because he liked the coffee so much and it was kind of seemed ridiculous because this was not this is not a coffee shop it's a diner so i don't know you know but um when i went there i agree wow this is the best coffee um things worked out i met the um head salesman from there before i even moved to andersonville before i probably even realized they were headquartered in andersonville so that's what i would have wanted to sell in the cafe anyway and um then it worked out perfectly because I don't know why other coffee shops in Andersonville did not sell Metropolis, why they still don't. Well, I know why they don't now because, you know, we do. But um, I think it's by far the best coffee. Um, you know, doesn't hurt your stomach. It's smooth and all that. They have the right values. You know, they treat their employees well, pay fair wages. Um, so, you know, I can get behind them. They're also independently owned as opposed to like these other companies a lot of times aren't independently owned they're owned by you know pete's coffee or the big conglomerates and things like that so um i'm happy to serve metropolis and what about some of the other vendors you use i know um you source your tofu from phoenix bean mm -hmm. um and i know it's important to you to kind of shop locally and you you know use your next door neighbor edgewater produce for mm -hmm. your goods as well can you speak to more of the importance of that yeah, well, you know, once again, it's Valleys of Andersonville to try to uh, shop local and support each other. We're lucky that there's so many good products right here that the best coffee I know of, you know, you start in Andersonville Metropolis, that the best tofu I've ever had happens to be made, at, you know, on broad 5500 or 5400 Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, so we do a lot of business with them, um, even in Hyde Park, too, because, as I said, we have full kitchen, so we can take the uh, firm, right, just regular tofu from Phoenix Bean and... We can morph into all sorts of things, whatever we want. Um, and then we're right next door to Edgewater Produce, which not only um, is it, it just makes things so easy. You know, we place our order and then they just wheel it over the boxes. And um, uh, so almost everything that we sell comes from Andersonville, either, you know, especially with the Edgewater Produce thing, which, you know, it's like they're making it there, but um, still helps. Um, and then the things we can't get, we try to get as local as, um, possible. Try, oh, well, Toronto, the bread, Toronto, the bagels we use up in Andersonville come from the bagelers, which, um, they make them in Bridgeport and they're, um, actually like a New York style bagel. Mm -hmm. They're by far the best bagels that I've had in Chicago. Cause usually, you know, bagels here are just bread essentially that's, um, you they know. are so good. I had one this morning. Aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It makes it easy, too, because we make all the sandwiches out of it. And um, if the bagel is good, you can put anything on it, and it's going to be good. But then we used to get toppings, I'm just saying. But, um, yeah, the bagelers make great bagels. Well, Andy, now we've reached the point in our show when we ask our guests which Andersonville business they would like to trade places with for a day and why. Which business would you like to trade places with? I was going to say Scout, but now I don't want to because I already talked about too much. Um, I'll make it, let's see, what else can we do? I Something where I got to curate the, um, like Transistor would be a good example where you get to kind of decide what you're putting on your walls or four-sided. It would be something where your inventory doesn't go bad because um, <laughs> that's what I'm always just jealous of, the people that don't have to like worry about, you know, their, their product can stay on the wall for, months and they don't have to worry about it whereas even when we have the right inventory we always have to make sure that you know everything is right so um 
or one of the um, brownstone. That's what it's called, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, people just get to sell stuff that they like and things like that. Um, I think that's what I would do. Definitely not another restaurant. Like <laughs> a cafe is hard enough. I don't know how the people who have full kitchens and work all night, I don't know how they do it. Well, thank you, Andy, for being here today. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about True North Cafe, please visit truenorthcafe.com. Show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is produced by the Andersonville Chamber of Commerce. Find episodes streaming weekly on iTunes and Podbean with show notes available at andersonville.org. This episode is brought to you by the Swedish American Museum, currently enrolling Travel the World Summer Camp for ages 6 through 11. Come and explore the food, dance, folk arts, and cultural identities of a different country each day. Find out more information at swedishamericanmuseum.org.